0: It's the kind of cold that reaches into everything, gathers up and swirls around the moon. The kind of cold that sharpens every star and every breath. A cold that makes candles and Christmas trees divine. Welcome to episode four of the Calm Christmas Podcast, season three. I am your host, Beth Kempton, and those beautiful words were from a poem called Cold in Winter Poems by Christopher Yokel. We are approaching the Japanese micro-season known as North Wind Blows Leaves from the Trees. It is getting chillier outside and it is the perfect time to start thinking about how to make our homes festive and cosy and a sanctuary of well-being and rest for the winter. Some psychologists would say that decorating earlier can actually make you happier. Apparently there is science to back it up, but I know from experience that it's true for me. I absolutely adore having a cosy home done up with fairy lights and candles and all of those things. And I do it as early as I am permitted by Mr. K. I think if it was up to me, we'd be on November the 1st, Um, but we do tend to be at the end of November. Let's take a moment to think about our spaces, though, before we dive into decorating. How do you want your space to feel this year? How do you want it to feel for you those you live with and to anyone who visits. It's a really good question to begin with um, before we get everything down from the attic and just throw it all on the wall. Do you want to encourage nostalgia this year or do you want perhaps something fresh and different? Or maybe you want coziness or as much light as you can find at this time of year. Maybe you don't want the darkness, you want to bring light in as much as you can. Good question here which makes me um a little bit twitchy is do you need a good clean and tidy before you start to beautify and decorate I know that I do on my agenda this week is to clear every surface in the dining room and the living room clean all the windows hoover and dust everywhere and then I will have a nice clean bright canvas to work with I've actually decided to get all the decorations down one day when the children are at school this year, and pick a whole bunch of them and then put the others back in the attic. Of course, any beloved ones will stay, but I mean, I'm just streamlining everything so it doesn't, it's not the case that everything is brought down and put somewhere and the whole place feels messy again. How about you, I wonder? I'm going to leave the tree and the baubles up in the attic. We have a, a fake tree from when the children were very, very small that we put in one place and we also have um, we go and get a real tree um, but the baubles are all in long flat boxes um, and I'll definitely wait and bring those down so the children can um, enjoy that part of the magic of the actual bringing down the decorations but I think a little bit of sorting in advance and strategically leaving some things in the attic is going to make for a little bit of calmer decorations this year. If you're worried about the soaring costs of living and about trying to stay warm this winter, because of course that's a big part of being cozy, um, but you still want to enjoy a sense of coziness, then um here are a few ideas from our community. And many of these I use. Um I obviously I work at home, I sit down a lot, although I do try to move during the day. I live in an old stone house with stone floors, and it can get very cold, and I find my extremities get absolutely freezing, my fingers and my toes and so this list is very much um, from my experience as well as ideas from the community hot water bottles I have one under my feet and on the chair behind me at my writing desk often from October onwards actually um, and as I have mentioned before I do carry one around in my rucksack on long walks and it's really lovely and warming um flasks you can save a fortune um by taking your own hot drink out and about instead of always going to a cafe although going to a cafe is lovely every now and then of course um and you can find a fine view looking out over the sea or in a public park um and then have you know whether you've got your tea or your coffee or your hot squash I do love a bit of hot blackcurrant this time of year Um, that's really lovely layers of course um in an earlier season of the podcast I remember looking up what people who live in the coldest parts of the world do to stay warm in the winter and everybody said layers, vests, tights, leggings and my mum over the years uh, knitted me countless ankle warmers and wrist warmers to really help me at my desk, they've made a huge difference Um, and you can knit lovely things from unraveled jumpers that you've got from charity shops Um, and they really, they're such a lovely present and I mean I wear mine all the time in the winter slippers if you have cold floors my goodness what different slippers make and of course rugs as well and then blocking drafts window frames keyholes under doors that could all make a difference and I've read on quite a few different news websites this winter the lovely idea of community living rooms and with the support of utilities companies here in the UK quite a lot of local councils are making a point of heating certain public spaces libraries churches and theatres and to make warm hubs and encouraging people to gather there. And of course, that's going to be really nice um, for people to get together and connect and have a sense of community um, in a warm space if it's a challenge to heat home. So do check with the council where you live if you're here in the UK, and maybe other countries do it too. I don't know. Um, Really lovely idea. And then keep moving. Get involved with community activities, volunteering, walk, move about, have a dance around your kitchen It all helps. And then, of course, warming, drinks and food. Um, And maybe just to heat the room where you spend most of your time, making it as cosy and festive as possible instead of heating the whole house. You know, go around and turn down some of those radiators in the rooms that you really hardly ever go in um, and put the attention on the room that you do spend a lot of time in can make a really big difference. And then I think using candles, although, of course, they don't really give off much heat, um, whether they're real or fake, they offer cosy lighting and I think they give an impression of warmth. So that's a really nice thing to do. And uh, my mum used to put um, fairy lights over the logs in the fire when the fire wasn't in, in. it was like a disused fire, obviously not in the one where you actually burn the logs. Um, but that always looked ever so pretty and it gave off a sense of warmth, even though, of course, the fairy lights themselves weren't warm at all um really nice idea these are a few things that i'm thinking about this year to make our cottage extra cozy i wonder about you i'd love to hear your ideas do come and share them on instagram at beth kempton so i am thinking lights candles greenery cozy corner um where any of us can go cuddle up with a book you know um I meant to say curl up with a book, but I, you know, cuddle up with a book if you want to. (laughs) Books are friends. It's a good thing. Um, But, you know, with like a basket of blankets, maybe knitting there, Um, just somewhere where you can put a cup down if you've got a hot drink, just make a lovely, cosy corner. It's also a quiet place people can escape to if things get a bit much over the winter. Um, My writing corner, I make that all cosy with candles and poetry books and things like that. Um, I've been thinking about repainting a wall, maybe a darker colour. I think that could be nice for the winter. Um, And essential oils I use a lot, but I do tend to use a lot of um, kind of what I would call bright ones, um, uplifting ones that are more associated with summer. So I'm going to have a big sort out uh, this week and have much more um, wintry ones in my uh, diffuser in my office. Um, air purifying plants in the home can be really good if you don't want to open the windows at this time of year um obviously, hot baths with salts and things a onesie anyone say onesie, oh my goodness, what genius invention love my onesie um always feels cozy in the evening, and of course, I think natural materials can do a wonderful job of warming up a space um in terms of connecting you to the season, pumpkins, branches, seed heads, driftwood other wood um all those things just looking at them something about them can make a place feel cozy and then of course fabrics rugs the basket of blankets that i mentioned throws over sofas nice soft cushions all of those kinds of things and maybe a wall of photographs of people that you love and miss um we have a lot of quite big white walls in our house i've been thinking about doing this making a gallery um to i do love white walls but Um, In the winter, they can feel quite stark. So I think I'm going to work on that. Um, Maybe even making a list of cosy things to do when it's dreadful weather outside, um, other than watch television or play a game, you know, video game, whatever. Um, You know, the knitting basket by the armchair, craft projects ready in bags so I can pull them out if the girls fancy making something, Uh, books to read, um, you know, Christmas projects want to work on having those things ready so the first instinct is to do something like that can be a really helpful thing I find maybe stick the list on the fridge or something yeah lots and lots of things that we can do here are some tips from real simple magazine for making your house smell christmassy it's amazing actually what a difference the scent of your house can do of course the obvious one is to light a scented candle Uh, one of my favorites is called winter time um, which is made by Saint Eval, a company in Cornwall, here in the southwest of England. Uh, this is not an ad. <laughs> I just love their candles, and I actually bought a big batch of their wintertime tea lights in the sale at the end of winter last year, and they still smell absolutely fine and lovely. Um, so that's a really nice thing to do. Uh, maybe at the end of the uh, at the end of winter, put a note in your calendar to go and get yourself some lovely scented candles for next year at a bargain price. Um, Simmering a pot, of course, the sense of cooking can be lovely. Um, Maybe making some mulled wine or some mulled apple, um, whatever it is that you fancy. And having that on the go in your kitchen can be just lovely um, in terms of scenting the air and then you get to drink it. Of course, essential oils, Um, the article in Real Simple magazine, you can find a link to it in the show notes, says drop a blend of warm, calming essential oils like frankincense, orange, cinnamon, rosemary or pine into your diffuser in the evenings for an infusion of holiday scents in the air or put a few drops into a spray bottle filled with water to make a room spray, which I think is a lovely idea. Of course, baking cookies is always a good idea. Um, Switching out your hand soap. Actually, it's amazing you kind of carry that smell with you don't you um infusing your shower with herbs i think this is lovely they say hang up a small bundle of dried herbs above the shower head to turn your showering ritual into a festive event hmm. um, some herbs to consider hanging from your shower head are eucalyptus rosemary and lavender and apparently hanging eucalyptus in your shower can help reduce stress alleviate nasal congestion and lower blood pressure wonderful thing to try how about making some scented pine cones you can take yourself off on a lovely walk and go and find some fallen pine cones and then wash and dry them and then create a solution in a spray bottle of water mixed with a few drops of essential oil cinnamon orange pine that kind of thing and then spritz your pine cones place them in a ziploc bag for 24 hours to allow the scents to marinate And then just leave them out wherever you want a holiday scent in the air. And then, of course, you've still got a bottle of room spray left, which is essentially what you just made. That's a lovely idea. So to actual decorating. For me, going to get the tree from the forest or from a Christmas tree farm has been part of our family tradition for as long as I can remember. Last year, I didn't know that it would be our last Christmas with my mum. So... I can say now that I am so glad that we invited her to our house in early December to join us on our trip to the farm where the children get to feed real live reindeer um, who live on the farm all year round. Um, And then we all chose the tree together, brought it it back home and we all decorated it with festive music playing and my mum's favourite sherry and mince pies, just like we used to do when I was little. It is a memory that I will treasure always, Uh, just as I treasure those memories of going to the ancient new forest in Hampshire as a child to choose our tree. I really love doing that with my family. We do, as I mentioned, have a fake tree left over from when the girls were babies, and I was scared of them eating the needles of a real tree. Um, And of course, we've kept that, and we do get it out every year, because why not have two trees? (laughs) And... I have been thinking about this year whether I could snaffle it for my tiny writing room. My writing room is so small, it's at the back of the house. We live in a really old old house, so it's got two staircases. um, And the back one, my room is basically just the hole underneath the staircase. And so there's only enough room for my desk, which is massive, and my bookshelves and an armchair. But I'm thinking if I rejig things, I might be able to fit a little fake Christmas tree in as well and I think it would just be dreamy to come downstairs at five o'clock in the morning and write by the light of the fairy lights on the tree and I'm kind of wondering why I've never done that before Hmm, might have to make it happen this year I am a huge fan of natural decorations though of course I'm not going to just throw out my fake tree that I now own um but given the choice I do use natural decorations whenever I can And I'm going to share some of my favourite ideas for these in case they inspire you. Um, I'd love to hear yours as well. Do share them, maybe share a picture of them and tag me at Beth Kempton so I can have a look. Uh, All ideas always welcome. But a few of the ones I love are here. You can make garlands and swags from any leftovers if you've made a wreath. And I'm going to be talking about making a wreath in a minute. Um, And then run fairy lights through them for added twinkle. And they're perfect for banisters over a mantelpiece or maybe suspended from the ceiling above a dining table or even along a headboard. If you fancy having a Christmassy bed. Um, You can bring several small potted trees inside to make a magical indoor forest. You can try making stars from twigs. Just make two triangles of three twigs each and fasten them together with twine. And then you could maybe wrap some of those really tiny um, fairy lights around them and make your stars glow. You can wrap the dried stems of plants like Honesty, such a beautiful plant, um, in Hessian. Tie it with raffia and then hang that from coat hooks or from beams. You can gather a bunch of mistletoe and hang it upside down for a kissing place. Remember to remove one berry for every kiss and remember that those berries are poisonous so don't be eating them um, and keep them away from children and pets. One really lovely thing to do is to dry sliced oranges or lemons in a low oven or a dehydrator if you have one and then string them up as garlands or hang them on the tree. You can make paper snowflakes from printer paper or from the pages of old books, atlases or newspapers or even um, a music score, an old one of those or maybe a Christmas carol score, that could be lovely. Tie cinnamon sticks together in bunches with festive ribbon or twine and hang them from kitchen hooks or on the tree for a lovely smell as well. You can gather pine cones and pile them into bowls. You can scent them as we've just been talking about or maybe spray them gold or silver, leave them natural depending on your taste um, try hanging a tree branch on the wall and dangle decorations from it we did this once um, but we dangled um, chocolate coins that we had used a needle and thread to poke through and tie along a really long branch that we then hung up by the fire and then we swiftly moved it because we realized it would melt the chocolate <laughs> but it was a really lovely idea uh, for an advent calendar and my children in their wobbly very young handwriting wrote the numbers for each day onto the coins you can make garlands from popcorn from cranberries from pine cones from dried citrus peel all sorts of things that you can try Um, you can use evergreens on a wreath base around a candle to make your own centerpiece Um, or you could drape it along the dining table as a central runner You can fill a bowl with seasonal fruits, actually. Just a bowl full of tangerines or pomegranates or oranges with cloves studded into the skin can look lovely and also give you a really nice aroma in your kitchen. And then herbs like bay, rosemary and laurel. You can use sprigs of those to decorate presents. Um, That can be really lovely. Burnished logs with a heat tool to make wooden ornaments. My children did that once at forest school and it was really lovely. Um... Fill a pitcher or a metal watering can with a bunch of eucalyptus leaves or winter berries. That's my kind of Christmas flower arranging. Just really simple and easy. Of course, there are seasonal houseplants and flowers that you can get. Paper whites, irises, amaryllis, freesias, those kinds of things. Um, You can bake some gingerbread or salt dough stars. Make a hole in each one with a knitting needle while they're still warm and hang them up with a ribbon. You can gather sticks of different lengths and lay them out in like a ladder with the shortest at the top and the longest at the bottom and then tie them to each other with string to create a miniature Christmas tree. And then just like we did with our branch, you can um, tie chocolate coins on them to make a simple advent calendar. We've done that before. It's really nice. Um, Fill a wicker basket with dried hydrangea heads or foraged greenery or even just logs for the fire looks lovely. Um, And then talking of logs, stack them and decorate them with fairy lights. I mentioned doing that in the disused fireplace, but also even just by the side um, or in a corner of a room can look really nice. Yeah, so lots and lots of ideas there. But there was um, one thing that I've noticed in a book recently that just, oh, I could not stop looking at it. And I really want to share it with you in case you fancy going all out this year with a natural decoration it was a sculptural cloud of winter flowers um, to hang over a christmas dining table and it was in lucy hunter's absolutely stunning book the flower hunter creating a floral love story inspired by the landscape this is lucy's second book and on instagram she is at the flower hunter her account is absolutely gorgeous Um, And in the book, she guides you step by step how to make this kind of floating cloud of dried flowers. It's so lovely. And in the book, she says, Through the year, I tend to keep flowers that just seemed too beautiful to discard and which have dried in the vase. I don't have any real plan in mind for them. I just seem to have a problem in throwing any flowers out at all. But the festive holiday season offers a perfect opportunity to use them all. I don't have a large number of different leaves or dried blooms and the colour is that of dried parchment apart from a few dahlia heads. But that's fine. The shapes are dramatic and hold their own. I will deal with it as a cloud sculpture. Rather than have a large bulky evergreen wreath running down the centre of the table, I decided instead to construct a dried floral extravaganza above so that we could dine beneath As my cloud of flowers is constructed entirely from chicken wire and dried flowers, it isn't heavy and only needs to be attached to two hooks screwed into the ceiling. Honestly, it's breathtaking. Have a look at Lucy's Instagram for the most gorgeous natural flower decorations, um, as well as her lovely books. Others who do wonderful things with flowers include Bex Partridge of Botanical Tales, that's at botanical underscore tales, and Grace Alexander of at Grace Alexander Flowers on Instagram. Take a look and be inspired. We can't talk about festive decorations without talking about wreaths, and I love this idea from stylist Pia Jane Bitchkirk in her thoughtful book The Everyday Alchemist's Festive Season Reimagined. She says, "I have a wreath I hang on my front door in early December. I made it six years ago when we first moved back to Australia from Europe." Using an old embroidery hoop and botanicals found in my backyard and neighbourhood, created the wreath by simply looping the branches around the hoop and tying with pieces of string, building up layers of greenery and then finishing with lilac-hued hydrangeas from our garden. It faded so beautifully over the weeks, aligning with my thoughts as I reflected on the passing year. Once the new year began, I took the dried wreath inside and hung it in my kitchen nook, bringing it back out the following year, removing a few pieces of the dried flora and building up new layers over the dried stems still attached. It's become an ever-evolving wreath which I eagerly recreate each year as part of the journey toward the end of the year, and I've since understood it to be one of the gentle end-of-year activities I do that stimulates the openness to reflect on my journey and connect with my surroundings. If you want detailed instructions for how to make a wreath you can go to the show notes where you'll find a link to download my free guide to wreath making. The foliage you use will obviously depend on where you live but popular choices include holly, ivy, laurel, fir, yew, rosemary, sage, bay and eucalyptus. For decorating you can also try mistletoe, pine cones, seed heads, dried oranges, cinnamon sticks tied together with festive ribbon, Maybe crab apples, rose hips, winter jasmine, gypsophilia, feathers, anything else that you fancy. One of my favourite wreaths I've made in recent years sported dried hydrangeas and a pheasant's feather. If you live in a city, you might be able to find everything you need at a farmer's market. If not, you can order online from farms around the country um, or head out and do some foraging. Of course, only where it's allowed. If you build your wreath on a moss bed, you can actually make it last longer by spraying it regularly with water and hanging it outside for a day every few days, um, even if you usually have it hanging indoors. From time to time, you might want to remove any bits that are fading and replace them, unless, of course, you find that gradual mellowing attractive, as I do. So many lovely ways to bring nature into our homes at this time of year. If you want some visual inspiration of Cozy and Festive, here are a few Instagram accounts to check out. Um, I will also leave these in the show notes so you can go and find them. They're all just cozy and festive in their own different ways. So here we go. At happy underscore Christmas underscore time. And they actually do a countdown every day. Through the whole year, I think, how many days until Christmas? At Christmas underscore vintage. That's a good account if you like the kind of pictures that are, tend to appear on Christmas jigsaws. At Cozy Weeds, which is the Instagram account of author Maria Kuznia. She has a lot of very nice pictures of hot chocolate. <laughs> um, at Kings underscore villages, throughout the year, has photographs of beautiful villages. Um, But towards Christmas, they get more and more wintry and lovely. At Christmas Morning Magic is another lovely one. At the underscore magic underscore of underscore Christmas. At Old House Our Home is lovely. And at Dream in Christmas is lovely too. And of course, my own Instagram at Beth Kempton. Um, Come December has an alternative advent calendar every day. Um, you can swipe and get a wellness tip or a little activity to try um, to help you have a calmer Christmas and I know lots of you love that I'm so grateful to everyone who shares it every year brand new things hiding behind the doors this year so I hope you will come and check that out oh It's time for our Nature Corner. We've always been talking about natural things a lot this episode, but let's specifically focus on nature for a moment with these lovely words from Ark Redwood in The Art of Mindful Gardening, Sowing the Seeds of Meditation. Ark says, Nature strips down to her bare bones. Trees reveal themselves as the lungs they truly are. Gardeners are braced for the full onslaught of wild, wet, and windy weather. Time to wrap up warm as darker days and dormancy rain. There's often a brisk breeze and fresh crispness in the air, which can be exhilarating. Hardy birds and other creatures scurry about seeking sustenance from frozen berries or food scraps put out for them. Life is suspended pending the return of milder weather. Ark Redwood was actually head gardener at the Chalicewell Gardens in Glastonbury until he retired this year. I think he had 23 years of service there, it's a garden i've spent many a day and night actually in um, meditating thinking about my books and writing and it made me realize that gardens are such special places for those kinds of activities and of course it's easy to neglect them over the winter but there's always something to look at so for our nature corner this week i encourage you to seek out greenery for decorating Um, it's a great way to bring your attention to the green spaces around you in your own garden um, to local woods and forests. And this week, if it's cold enough where you are, why not have some fun making ice decorations. You can simply get some picnic plates or shallow containers that are suitable um, for freezing or for not cracking when they when the ice the water in them freezes to ice, I should say. Um, pour water in and pop in a few nature finds from the garden, fallen leaves those kinds of things, berries perhaps, obviously most of them are for the birds, but a couple of them will be all right. Um, and then leave them overnight to freeze. The next day, you can then run a metal skewer under hot water to heat it and carefully poke a hole into each ice decoration and hang them from your trees outside. Of course, please do this at your own risk and very carefully. Um, this is a really lovely way to... Um, make a tree look beautiful for a few hours maybe if you've got solar powered fairy lights nearby you can watch them glint and flicker as darkness falls and then of course as they melt the gifts from nature will return to nature and will be available for composting or for eating um, even after you've enjoyed them as decorations Now as winter arrives and we get closer to the darkest part of the year, our bodies naturally call for rest. This week I invite you to try an open heart yin yoga pose when you have a quiet moment. It's a wonderful way to get a sense of letting go and opening up to guidance from the universe as well as opening up the chest after long hours hunched over a desk if that's how you are spending your days at the moment as I so often am. So you want to find yourself a prop that could be a bolster, it could be a rolled up towel or a blanket perhaps, and get ready for a few minutes of bliss. Of course, only do what you know is right for your body. This guidance is from Lisa Hood in her gorgeous little book, Moon Yoga. She says, place the prop you have at the base of your spine and then come to lie the spine over it. You should feel a lift in your chest and your shoulders will feel open arms can be out to the side like a capital T. Make sure that your head is supported and you feel comfortable. The legs can either be out long or you could bring the soles of the feet together and your knees wide. Again, go with what feels best for you. And then just hold the pose for as long as you like. Up to 10 minutes is just gorgeous. And I say hold the pose, you're not really doing anything, you're releasing into it, which is lovely. And then go easy as you come out of it and then perhaps pick up your notebook this week's writing exercise is connected to the moon the next full moon is called a beaver moon and it's on november the 27th according to royal museums greenwich there is actually disagreement over the origin of november's beaver moon name some say it comes from native americans setting beaver traps during this month while others say the name comes from the heavy activity of beavers building their winter dams. Another name, which I absolutely love, is the Frost Moon. So, your writing exercise for this week is to write the story of a secret encounter beneath a frost moon. You could do this as a short story, a poem if you prefer, um, or perhaps a letter sent between the people who met beneath the moon. What will happen in your secret encounter, I wonder. And now it's time for our Christmas traditions. This Sunday, 26th of November, is Stir Up Sunday, which dates back to Victorian times. Traditionally, this is the day that the Christmas pudding would be made take a look at the link in the show notes for a raft of gorgeous recipes with different takes on the Christmas pudding. And also on Christmas cake, there's golden amaretti Christmas cake, a mandarin in the middle Christmas pudding, a chocolate and cherry Christmas pudding, and even a steamed carrot pudding. All sorts of yummy things to go and explore. So that's just in the show notes if you want to find out more about those. Thank you so much to all of you who have sent in your own memories of particular traditions that you loved as a child or honour now. I'm going to share a few more of your favourites. If you want to share any with me, come over to Instagram at Beth Kempton and let me know. So first up is Nikki Jenner, um, who is at Nikki Jenner underscore Hawksdown on Instagram. Um, She is a photographer and takes the most gorgeous pictures of nature. So do check out her Instagram account. And Nikki says, Making Christmas decorations with my children, often using seed heads, sticks, sea glass and other bits gathered from the garden and walks on the coast. It's starting to make me feel festive thinking about it. Yes, what a lovely thing to do. And then Ellie Late, L-A-Y-T, on Instagram says, Every year since I was little, my stepdad and I have put the light up snowman on the canopy over the door. The first Christmas in my own home, I bought a light up reindeer and my stepdad still helps me put this up. I was 25 the first time we put the reindeer up and it meant the world to me. That's so lovely. And then at Rachel underscore Foy on Instagram says, I take my children to go and pick a new decoration for the tree every year. When they grow up and move out, I want them to take the decorations with them for their own trees. It's not a tradition that has come from anywhere specific, just one we started when our daughter was born. And then um, V Becker Herger-Anderson on Instagram says, I'm Danish and I live in Denmark. One of my favourite Christmas traditions when I was a child was to decorate the Christmas tree with my father. We always did it on the 23rd of December in the evening. It was such a cosy and heartwarming feeling to be with him and transition a tree from nature to a wonderful and magical fairy tale with hearts and angels and golden glitter and lots of homemade things and a lot of light. What a gorgeous description of decorating Christmas tree. And then at Sharony62 on Instagram says, my family is in the USA on the West Coast. When I was little, we would go up to a mountain tree farm to pick out and cut down a Christmas tree and then decorate it together. Until we all grew up and moved out of the house, it was our tradition to have cheese fondue on Christmas Eve. And then Kate in Canada, who is at Life is How You Bake It on Instagram. My favourite holiday tradition is going back to my hometown in our little village square to see our tree lighting ceremony. And I now bring my husband and our rescue dog to enjoy my childhood tradition. And then at Birgit in Estonia, who is at T-E-R-A-V-K-I-I-S on Instagram, says... The first public Christmas tree in the world was allegedly in Tallinn Town Square. So we were still very big on making sure that you visit the town square to see the tree. We do it every year with friends and family. We buy some mulled wine and admire the lights. Children also attach letters to Santa on the tree with their gift wishes. That's absolutely lovely. I remember when I was researching Calm Christmas and a Happy New Year and looking into the origins of the Christmas tree. And there are quite a few places that claim to have had the first tree, um, but Tallinn in Estonia is one of the most famous, and I'm sure the Christmas market there is just delightful, and I'd love to go one day. Um, Karen at the themindfulteacher.co um, on Instagram says, I'm Canadian, but I've lived in Sweden for the last 20 years. There are so many wonderful Christmas traditions here I didn't grow up with, but I've since added to my own family's traditions repertoire. One of my favourites is the tradition of having a miss, And I apologise if my Danish, uh, Swedish pronunciation is terrible. Um, but apparently that's a cosy mulled wine evening, which just sounds delightful. Um, we listen to Christmas music, bake saffron buns, decorate gingerbread cookies and drink mulled wine with raisins and almonds in beautiful little crystal mugs. There's even non-alcoholic glug for the kids. Love it. Um, Rachelle Barlow in on Instagram in South Wales says, um, My mother and I always do some festive baking together on or close to stir up Sunday. Uh, we usually make dozens of mince pies. We've done it for years. My mum has a cookbook that flops open to the recipe page, which is now covered in flour and well-worn. While we bake, we listen to Christmas music and may have a port or two whilst tasting the first batch that comes out of the oven. Just love that. Um, Kate." who is at Kay Thistleton on Instagram says, um, decorating the tree whilst listening to Christmas carols. We've always used glass baubles and I have very fond memories of passing them very carefully to my dad while he tied them onto the tree. Always excited, but also slightly nervous in case one got dropped. Um, our updated version since is that each member of the house chooses one bauble each year. We take a trip to Liberty's Christmas store to buy them and to see the London lights. What a special trip that would be. Um, then we come home and decorate the tree together. Uh, Mariella, who is at Lella Bella 71 in Sicily, um, says one of the profound Christmas trees here is the Presepe, which is nativity scene or a crash. Again, apologies for my Italian pronunciation if that is terrible. Um, she says families create elaborate and detailed nativity scenes in their homes, often including not only the holy family, but also various figurines representing different aspects of Sicilian life and culture. These nativity scenes can be quite large and intricate, sometimes taking up entire rooms. Wow, that's amazing. And then our last contribution from lovely listeners today is at Mary underscore Brown underscore Vertanen on Instagram, who says, I'm from Finland and grew up in Sweden. Um, and although she doesn't live there anymore, she says, I've continued these traditions with my family, all starts with December the 1st with the advent calendar, then advent and we celebrate Santa Lucia on December the 13th, celebration of light. We bake saffron bread and uh, we decorate our home with natural things and plants, spruce and lingonberry branches, oranges with cloves, reindeer moss, red tools, toadstools and fresh white hyacinths. That sounds to me exactly how Mrs. Claus probably decorates at the North Pole. Um... She goes on to say, we have a big straw goat. This goes back to a pagan Yule tradition. Um, it's all the scents, the candle lights and music that brings sweet memories from when I was growing up um, and with my two daughters. Well, that is just lovely. There's something about lingonberry branches and reindeer moss that is just very special. Thank you for sharing that. Okay, so this week's craft project, um, I did mention it very briefly earlier, when I was talking about natural decorations, um, it is paper snowflakes. This is a tradition that I started when the children were very young and we love making them. We make them every year. It's so easy, but just like real snowflakes, everyone is different. And it's always a delight to see how each one has turned out. You can make huge ones and use them as table decorations or really tiny ones to tie onto presents or you can string them together to dangle um, either vertically or make bunting. Uh, it's obviously, I've mentioned before, it's my eldest daughter's birthday, bang in the middle of the festive season. Um, And we once made a winter wonderland scene for her in our kitchen where we made scores of these and we dangled them on silver string from the ceiling to celebrate her wintry birthday. And that was really lovely. To make them, it's really easy. Just get a few sheets of white paper or other paper if you want, you know, map paper or music scores, anything will do. Um, I do like just plain white though. Um, get whatever size you want your snowflake to be. If your sheet is rectangular like an A4 sheet, then just fold one corner up so it meets the opposite side of the paper and you're going to find that you've got a triangle and then a long rectangle at the end of the sheet. And you just cut the rectangle off and that will leave you with a perfect square. And you can use those cutoffs to make some smaller snowflakes later. So take your square, fold it in half lengthways and then in half again till you have a smaller square. And then fold that in half diagonally so you have a triangle. And you can either stop there or you can fold it once more, um, bringing the long side up to meet one of the short sides. And what you want to do is make sure that the fold emanates from what will be the centre of the snowflake. And then you can either just get your scissors out and cut some shapes or you can, um, especially this is good with young children, get them to draw shapes on and then um, cut those out. It can be as simple or as intricate as you like. I really like seeing how complicated and intricate I can make it while still leaving enough paper, especially across the folds, to give the snowflake structure. And then you can open them out and be amazed at your beautiful creations. Today's recipe is courtesy of Lizzie Kamenetsky, whose book, Winter Cabin Cooking, is a dream. I really recommend it. She says, Mountains are a place of magic. From the smallest Cairngorm to the highest rocky or Himalaya, there is something that draws you in and up. The pace of mountain life is something that we should all embrace from time to time. We move so fast through our lives, always rushing, never enough time to cook, to eat, to enjoy. But in the mountains, life slows down. You can't get anywhere fast in the mountains. So you might as well relax and let it wash over you. These are places of long, schnapps-filled lunches and relaxed, laid-back dinners with friends and family as the snow falls quietly around and time ceases to matter. As the snow falls and covers the trees and cabins, a hush falls over the mountains. I could stand for hours just watching and listening to the snowfall, the way it makes everything so quiet that your ears somehow ring with the absence of sound. Even better is watching the snow from inside a cosy cabin with a fire crackling and a steaming bowl of hot chocolate to warm you. My children adore hot chocolate. It's such a symbol of winter for our family, especially when it's drunk by the sea on a blustery day or around the kitchen counter in onesies with festive music on or maybe while watching a Christmas movie. Now, in Lizzie's book, Winter Cabin Cooking, there's a wonderful recipe for chocolat show hot chocolate Um, which is made with chocolate melted into milk. Um, This is one for the grown-ups. For six people, you need 200 grams of dark or sweet chocolate chopped up, four mugs of full-fat milk. I haven't tried it with non-dairy, but I bet it tastes delicious with almond milk or oat milk. Um, Two tablespoons of caster sugar, four tablespoons of rum, kirsch or brandy as optional, and 200 ml of double cream, plus one tablespoon of icing sugar. And Lizzie says, put the chocolate in a pan with the milk and the sugar. Heat very gently until the chocolate has dissolved. Add the booze if you like and then pour it into six mugs. And then you simply whip the cream with the icing sugar and spoon it onto the hot chocolate and serve immediately to squeals of delight, no doubt. If you're looking for something equally comforting, but possibly better for you, uh, you might like to try the lemon and ginger ice cube recipe that I spotted on Instagram on the feed of at marina wright wellness and that's w-r-i-g-h-t it's for better digestion and gut health and it's so simple it's genius so marina suggested taking 120 grams of ginger and the juice of four or five lemons and washing the ginger and chopping it into small pieces to make it easier to blend and peeling it if it's not organic and then you just blend the ginger with the freshly squeezed lemon juice pour it into ice cubes and freeze it overnight then anytime you want to make tea you just Add one or two of the lemon and ginger ice cubes to your hot water. Wow, just brilliant. I'm all for simplicity at this time of year. In her beautiful book, Advent, Anya Dunk gives a recipe for dried orange slices, calling it more of a process than a recipe. It's that simple. Um, And saying, the smell of these orange slices drying in the oven drives me almost wild. These take a while to dry out, so it's good to set a morning aside for them and an ideal time to write Christmas cards or wrap presents at the kitchen table engulfed in their perfume. Essentially, you just heat the oven to 90 degrees Celsius, 70 degrees fan or 195 degrees Fahrenheit, and then slice three oranges or satsumas into two millimetre rounds, using a mandolin can help for that, and then you lay them out on two baking sheets which you've lined with a non-stick baking parchment and put them in the oven for two to four hours, turning each slice every hour to make sure it dries out evenly. Anya says they're just as pretty on the tree as they are dangling in a window and they can be used as cake toppers or as a garnish in a festive cocktail. Anya's book Advent is one of those where the writing makes you as excited about the festive season as the actual recipes themselves. And this is what she has to say about Advent. Advent is a magic time. It holds all the sweet, almost unbearable anticipation of Christmas for days on end. And it's such a big part of our life each year that we treat it as a fifth season. It starts on the fourth Sunday before Christmas and it sits snugly in between autumn and the winter solstice, give or take a day or two. Advent celebrations, of which baking is a vital part, are synonymous with German winter culture – The Christmas cookbooks come down off the shelves around the same time as the thick coats come out of the wardrobes. Each day throughout Advent, friends and neighbours visit each other to exchange packets of homemade cookies wrapped up with ribbons. Kaffee und Küchen, apologies if that's terrible German pronunciation, takes on a new meaning during this time when every German household offers up a Teller. A colourful plate of Advent biscuits, and in the spirit of Advent, it isn't uncommon to leave the house with a new recipe or two tucked into your bag. The Advent season is steeped in tradition and rituals, and just like the astronomical seasons, much of it is centred around light. The Advent wreath, traditionally a donut-shaped circle made of twisted pine branches, sits on our kitchen table and is adorned with four candles. Each candle represents the weekly run-up to Christmas and is lit at mealtimes, providing precious light and warmth during the shortening days. A slightly less obvious but equally symbolic and arguably more important sign of festivities is the oven. Constantly aglow in our home during this period, scenting the house with cinnamon, ginger, cardamom, clove and anise, as tray upon tray of mouth-watering biscuits bake, it is this smell of biscuits, candles and pine combined that is so unique to Advent. Oh, this is making me hungry for our festive food episode, which is coming up in just a couple of weeks. And so before we go, it's time for our get ahead tips this week. As we've talked about, if you're going to make your Christmas cake or pudding this year now is a good time to get going on it. So there's plenty of time for it to soak in the brandy. My grandma actually used to make ours a whole year in advance. The longer, the tastier. It's a good time to look out for present bargains in the Black Friday sales if that's continuing over the weekend as it very often does and becomes Cyber Monday and then rolls into Christmas sales and all those things. Uh, Just remembering it's only a bargain if you were going to buy it anyway. You might want to make, buy, put up, send any advent calendars ahead of December the 1st um, and decide who's going to come and visit you this Christmas and get invitations out if you haven't done so already. If you want to be super organised for December, you might want to make a week-by-week plan, counting back from Christmas itself, allocating the things that you know you're going to need to do to certain weeks or even particular days. And if you're going to do this, why not aim to get most of your prep done by December the 18th or thereabouts to give you a whole week to enjoy the atmosphere and wind down for Christmas? Instead of winding up for it. And who knows, you know, you might get a cold or something else that throws your plan by a couple of days. But if you've given yourself that space towards the end, then hopefully it won't ruin Christmas itself. Now, that might seem completely unrealistic. You might work in an industry where you get busier as Christmas approaches. Um, But if you plan ahead with an aim like that, you'll be amazed. You might spill over um, by a couple of days beyond December the 18th. But even if you just end up with one day, a precious, amount of space just as the festivities arrive so you can really soak it up and enjoy it rather than be running around and um, i think you will love that keep routines as well so that you don't lose those precious windows of quiet and then if you've got children perhaps um it's worth making the most of the time that they're at school to take care of yourself plan secret things get outside reflect And maybe make some early plans for next year if you feel like doing that. And especially if you're going to be doing a lot of gathering and hosting over the festive season, maybe take a moment in early December to be thinking about all that might come in the year ahead. You can use the time after school to do the things that you can do when they're around. Batch cooking, um, putting up lights, sorting toys, writing Christmas cards and things like that. Or take yourself to a cafe to write your Christmas cards. That's always a lovely thing to do too. Okay, so it's time for a very special giveaway. This week I'm giving away A lovely cosy bundle, a copy of The Hooger Home by Mike Viking, who um, wrote a very famous book on Hygge. And this one is all about the home, Um, along with a personalised signed copy of my book, Calm Christmas and a Happy New Year. You can enter on Instagram at Beth Kempton. As always, if you're listening to this a little bit after it was released and the deadline has passed, don't worry. There will be another giveaway waiting for you because I'm doing giveaways every week up until Christmas. So go to at Beth Kempton on Instagram and see what is waiting for you. I've also made a lovely calm Christmas planner for you, which you can download for free from DoWhatYouLoveForLife.com to help you map out the weeks ahead and ensure a stress-free cozy season and if you didn't know this year i'm also going to be offering my winter writing sanctuary once again it's a gorgeous short writing course which begins just after christmas in that period that i call the hush and it runs across new year now given the ongoing cost of living crisis i've decided to offer this for free this year um if you'd like to join in go to do what you Love for to sign up before everything gets busy and you forget. And then you'll get an email reminder just before class begins in late December and you'll be delighted with your earlier in the year self for signing up in advance. The hush is one of my favourite times of year for writing and the Winter Writing Sanctuary is always a highlight in the darkest season. So please do come and join us. Um, Here are a few words from people who've participated in previous sanctuaries with me just to give you a hint of what you can expect inspiring and transformational at the same time as being incredibly comforting and cozy the winter writing sanctuary was like a salve to the soul it was like a key to a secret door behind which were treasures you never imagined existed i learned that we all have incredible stuff locked deep inside and there are ways of tapping into ourselves so the trapped words can come pouring out a beautifully crafted course focusing on the winter season but allowing scope for all kinds of thought, feeling and writing style. The group felt like an incredibly safe and friendly environment in which to share writing. The Winter Writing Sanctuary is free this year. This is not a some webinar to try and get you to buy something else. It is a writing course that I'm simply doing for free because I absolutely love it and it's such a great time of year to develop a writing habit so please do come and sign up at doautyouloveforlife.com and bring your friends. And lastly, if you've been reflecting on the year and thinking that you'd like to get more creative next year, you'd like to nurture a writing practice, make a major life shift to do more of what you love, or maybe even to write a book, then don't miss my big winter sale, which is on at dowhatyouloveforlife.com. It includes huge savings on all of my courses, many of which are regularly described as life-changing, which just makes me so happy. Um, once a year, we put them on a huge sale, up to 50% off. So don't miss that at dowhatyouloveforlife.com. It's an amazing opportunity to invest in yourself, in your creativity and in your future, or to give a friend a gift that they will never forget. Do what you Okay, so what's coming up? Uh, Stir Up Sunday, 26th of November. We've talked about that. Um, the start of Advent, of course, means an important arrival. I wonder what is going to arrive into your life this December. Um, my alternative Advent calendar begins on Instagram at Beth Kempton. This week, every day from December the 1st to Christmas Eve, you can find a wellbeing tip or a self-care activity prompt hidden behind the daily door. I'm also sharing some lovely essays for free over at bethkempton.substack.com. So come and subscribe and have a read of those and introduce yourself over there. I'm new to Substack and I'm completely obsessed with it. If you're a reader or a writer, it's a wonderful place to be. So I hope you come and find me um, at Beth Kempton on there. Um, also coming up, the last posting dates by International Economy to Cyprus, Eastern Europe, Greece, Iceland, Malta and Turkey is Friday the 24th of November. The last posting date by International Economy to Western Europe is Monday, the 27th of November, which is also the same last posting date by HM forces from the UK to operational HM forces around the world. So get those Christmas presents in the post. As always, these are the correct dates at the time of recording, but it is worth checking um, with your own postal service. Of course, these are the UK dates. And if you live somewhere else, it will be different for you. Next week, episode five is called What's Sweeter Music and it is wintry words to soothe the soul. It might be one of my favourite episodes of the season. Please bring a notebook and get ready to be inspired with things to read and things to write this winter. I cannot wait to see you there. You've been listening to the Calm Christmas podcast with me, Beth Kempton, produced by Untapped Talent. Don't forget to subscribe and please tell your friends. And of course, if you loved it, give us a lovely rating. Thank you so much. If you've enjoyed the show, you might also love my book, Calm Christmas and a Happy New Year, which is out now from all good booksellers, or the audio book is narrated by me. You might enjoy that too. And for a peek into my perfectly imperfect Christmas preparations, come and find me on Instagram at Beth Kempton. Or over on Substack at Beth Kempton, where I also write about midlife, fearless writing, and my favourite ways to travel in Japan. Stay warm and cosy, my friend. I cannot wait to see you next week.